ready to achieve great heights, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Power Your Performance, the podcast where we dive deep with leaders in the gaming world and beyond and learn the techniques they use to power their lives. I am your host, Gary Kleinman. Rebecca Dixon, welcome to Power Your Performance. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. The co-founder and CEO of The Game Hers, which is the largest community of female gamers, certainly the largest that I'm aware of. We'll get to all that in a second, but tell me how somebody with a BS in mathematics ends up gaming and creating communities. Sure. I, it's a, it's a, it has a, you know, a, a few curves in the, in the story, but I, I, I started my career as a media buyer. Okay. I worked in media buying and ad sales for a little bit over 10 years in to age myself. Traditional, you're just a baby. You're just a 32nd <laughs> TV spots. That's what I was buying and selling. Boy, um, that world has changed. Yeah, sure has. <laughs> my um, my love for figuring out branding stories and and best places for brands to reach their consumers and their their communities has not changed. But the way to do that is almost has nothing in common with my original experience. But it was definitely a great, you know, a fun part of my career. A great way to come out of college and really learn about an industry. I, I mean, I majored in math because I like math. And Did you want to go into math? I mean, or, or I, I don't know, know how you I, go into math, be, be a math professor, be um, so, yeah, economist. In, yeah, most math majors, when I was majoring in math, either were engineers. I went to Vanderbilt. So Vanderbilt had it has an engineering school with a lot of double majors in math or teach a lot of math, a lot of math majors teach or become actuaries. Um, like I said, I majored in math. I went Vanderbilt's a liberal, liberal arts college. So I majored in math. I actually minored in music, vocal performance. So I love to sing still do with my kids. Yeah. I just, you know, it was, it was just something I liked and I figured, well, math's a great background for everything, which I, which I still believe it is. Um, that being said, coming out of college, I, I knew I wasn't, I, well, I'm not an engineer. I didn't envision myself teaching. So I looked at a lot of different things. I did a little bit of a, a short stint in consulting and, and quickly moved into media buying. So it, it's, that was, you know, that was a, a great way to also spend my twenties and early thirties. And I mean, I'm located in New York. I'm a, an, a lifelong adult New Yorker. So I've been here for 22 years and it was just, it was a really great way to, to begin my career. And then I left that industry and joined the entrepreneurial world Two, I've got three, I've got four co-founders. There are four co-founders of the gamers and three of us were together at a company before the gamers in the parenting space. So around the time that I left media, I was becoming a new parent and I was a community member of the organization, the company that my other two co-founders had started called Mommy Bites, a community for new parents. And they were looking, they had grown so much, they were getting outreach from brands and they were looking for someone to help them monetize it. And so as somebody in their community, I got connected with them and 
joined them. We were, it was a, it was just a great experience to learn about building community around women. And we also had a platform that connected parents and caregivers. And we were fortunate enough to grow the company together to a point where we sold it. We sold it to a media company in New York in 2016. And so at that point, then we had, you know, three entrepreneurs who had just sold a company, loved building community around women's initiatives. And we found ourselves with some extremely strong ties to the gaming industry at that time. I will right, we'll get to that in a second. Let's go back yeah. to Mommy Bites. Yeah. So, so you're a new mom and, yeah. and there's a community of, of mothers or soon to be mothers or. Yep. Yeah. What, Expecting what, or new. And what was, it, it was just kind of like a, a community self-help blog well, community. The company, so the company, again, thing, you know, things changed so quickly. It's hard to remember a time when you could, when something could exist only in person, but it started out literally as a grassroots bootstrapped New York based organization. My co-founder, Laura had a, had a baby was a former teacher and felt like it was hard to meet other moms. So she grew the company. She started the company, grew it, joined Heather, and then they expanded. It would be like luncheons with moms and babies and educational speaker on things you should register for when you're pregnant and how to, you know, tips on breastfeeding and all the things you might want to, you want to connect. But it sounds hyper-local. Was that initially hyper just hyper, hyper-local? Hyper At the start, it was hyper-local. Then and it transitioned to have a digital component, which completely oh. overtook the local part of it. And did, so that, the, did it also then allow other hyper-local communities meet individually in their world or did it all stay digitally? A little bit. It's, to answer your question, a little bit, but it was it mostly became digital. So we had a big New York base. We had some San Francisco, Boston, and Washington, D.C. in-person events based on those hyper-local communities. But, you know, and it was, it really, the digital growth is what really kind of moved the needle for Mommy Bites. It, it was all the things as they kind of became important. So a newsletter, obviously a website, a newsletter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Again, it was, we sold it in 2016. So even since 2016, things have changed so much. Oh, without um, a doubt. Well, especially... COVID on top of that, obviously, of course, yeah. ma major impact on, on digital communication and sharing. Yeah. Were but, you, you know, were you a gamer? Weird. Were you a gamer during this period of time? Do you game? Do I do, I do game a little bit for sure. But as is common with, with a lot of women who game, I wouldn't say I had at that time was self-identifying as a gamer. I certainly grew up playing games. I have a brother who's a big gamer and identifies as one. But I played, I played games growing up, but it wasn't a huge identity, I would say. That being said, the, the, the main way I play games now is with my two middle school daughters. Love but you find dad. that even in, in Mommy Bites that women may game enough, but they don't want to self-identify as a gamer where guys have no issue identifying as a gamer. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's not black and white at all. That's the, one of the challenges and we could get into this. We will as we talk, but <laughs> it's one of the things that makes it, makes it complicated for women to have all of these sort of resources and opportunities in gaming is because of the identity part of it. But even hardcore gamers, quote unquote, hardcore, however you define that some women do for sure identify as gamers and some don't. I mean, the be- one of the, one example, one thing I heard one time, somebody said, it's like, do you read books? Because people who read a book a week all year long still don't really identify as like a book reader or right. reader. I mean, maybe they do, but it may not be the first thing they say. So it's no, it's- I had a conversation on oh my let's go a couple of years ago with a dear friend's wife and she really didn't understand gaming. And and I knew she played words with friends, right? So and I said to her, Don't you play words with friends? And she goes, Yeah, I said, Well, how often do you play? An hour a day. Who do you play with? I play with my girlfriends. Do you want to beat them? Yeah, of course I want to beat them. I said, if there was a place for you to go to improve your word skills, would you do that? And she goes, yeah, absolutely. So I said, so let's look at your week. You're gaming eight hours a week. You want to beat your girlfriends and you want to get better at it. You're a gamer. You know, it's not a cry. It's not a cry for help. You're a gamer. It's okay. And and ever since then, she's one of the few people that send me gaming articles to this day because the perception is she just couldn't fathom even saying to her kids, I game. And, And and interestingly enough, any guy that would do that or any male that would do that would have absolutely no problem saying Yeah, it's it's interesting. And there's so many different ways to analyze that also. I mean, for sure, it comes up from t- maybe from more than from time to time. That and that that is a good example. And the fact that so many women game also isn't only words with friends or only Candy Crush, which is also a misunderstanding no question part of it. But it's it's hard because it's just not. It's not one statistic that sort of defines any of it. Which is kind of interesting because, it, it, like I said, it's not a cry for help. I mean, it is as valuable as anybody else gaming and the skill sets that you need and that you improve and learn by. So I've always found it interesting that, that I, I guess it's rooted in some kind of sexism in some way, shape or form. I don't know what other way to put a handle on it. You live that. I mean, you lived it in Mommy Bites, and we'll get into Game Hers and its foundation in a second. But where do you think that is? Is it almost like a lot of women don't look at themselves as stick and ball athletes in the same way? I have to say, I've never thought about it compared to athletes, specifically in terms of identity. I will. I'll have to think on that one. Okay. I think there are. It could be that could be one another layer of it. I think there are so many reasons that we're not going to be able to kind of come up with like a nice, neat little recipe and put it in a box. But that being said, I think there there are a lot of reasons. Yes, I think part of it is that historically, video games have been marketed to boys. That's you know that's that's one piece of it. Yeah, um, I think I mean, some of the other things when people think about video games, maybe less and less now, but the the first type genre are the violent shooting military Call of Duty games and that, as you just said, are not associated with women. But if you look at the spectrum of games, that's just a very small part of the games. And that's, that's also interesting to me from a publisher standpoint in gaming. The publishers don't seem to have spent much time in changing that perception. 
Yeah, that's actually really a, a really good point. The other thing, I mean, there the there are, again so many layers. The percentage of people who play, you know, first person shooter games are. It, it that you know that specific statistic it's not 50 50 but it's depending on the game and what exactly how you're looking at it it's a lot more than it's a lot higher than people think right and so even and then and then there's what you just said which is that that specific genre is not all of games and then another layer of it is that the entire sort of street or just gaming in general Gaming itself needs a big PR makeover it, to, I think, today's parents and today's media and all of it. It's not, I would even say, maybe the majority of people's first impression in their mind it used to be. It's not, you know. Yeah, it's not, and, it's, and I've always been, it's been a quandary. And I've had this conversation multiple times that there's plenty of money in the, in, in the industry. The single largest beneficiary obviously are the publishers right they own the ip and what have you i can't recall one public service announcement ever being being television digital or otherwise by any game publisher that talks about the positive attributes of gaming it's fascinating i agree with you so this is a little bit of a like a, a you know off topic but it's but it's not totally off topic i i was asked by my daughter's school this year to be the parent volunteer for the organization that puts on talks on tech and and how we're navigating tech with our kids since we are um as somebody at the school defines it technology immigrants and our kids are growing up fluent in this you know with all of it, like cell phones and TikTok and wherever. No question. So obviously, gaming falls within that, which is obviously why they asked me to lead that group. So it's it, it makes sense. I, like I, said, I had two middle school daughters. It's like the parents. First of all, I don't want my kids on screens all day, every day. Obviously, but it's not black and white, right? It's you right. can't just say no screen time ever. I mean, of course you can't. And so, to your point, why aren't why why isn't there more discussion? around the public image of, of gaming and all the things that I, f- I find myself on podcasts and panels talking about on practically a daily basis, like newsflash, not only do, do we need to discuss that a lot of women game and, you know, we should put, change the situation so that women have access to some of the jobs and, and the toxicity should go away and all of that, but also that gaming itself needs a big refresh. Yeah, it, it, it's shocking to me. I mean, especially when you're in marketing, which which you are as much as anything else, and even media buy and everything else, you say there's a story there. And, and the stories, even from on a, on a minimal basis, like when the... Uh, the cathedral burnt down, right, in, in uh, Notre Dame burnt down. And the closest blueprints for rebuild came from Assassin's Creed. That's cool, right? I mean, that's just cool. There, there, there's a statistic I read, and don't quote me on the actual percentage, but somewhere in the neighborhood of 20% of city managers grew up playing SimCity. I mean, that's a, that's a huge impact on that career. And... That's a hidden statistic in a research paper someplace. And and why wouldn't the publishers go, yeah. there's a value proposition here. There's community here. There's story. There's conflict. There's conflict resolution. All the things you want your children and yeah. yourself to develop with is silent. 
And I just wrote that down because I want to see if I can find where that sits. Okay. <laughs> no, please That's do. I, you know what? I'm on an airplane later today, and I'm gonna. I'll, I'll get the internet, and I'll, I'll help. I'll see if I can find that as well. No, anytime I can get data behind why gaming is good, I try to keep it because it, it's it's so obvious but for some reason it doesn't stick uh, everything from well first of all i love the analogy to sports like if you're talking to parents like in that organization that i was mentioning that i help organize in my kids school like have you ever taken your five-year-old on a rainy overcast cold early spring day to a soccer game at seven in the morning on a saturday when you have actually never played soccer yourself but you understand all the benefits of it right coaching, leadership, teamwork, problem solving, obviously physical activity, all of that. All of those things, other than maybe depending on the sport, physical activity, all of them can be found in various games, depending on, you know, depending Absolutely. on the game. And I just named a few. It's just, it's fascinating, but, but getting actual data is pretty, is, is yeah. Is, I mean, listen, anecdotally, when my kids were playing little league and in, in high school baseball, they went and had, you know, specific coaching on on skill improvement. And yeah. that was okay. And it was okay if they spent two and a half hours in the cage, right? It was okay if they spent four. In fact, a lot of people would say they should be doing that if they, if they want to progress in their baseball trajectory. That has not certainly transferred over to gaming. And, you know, whenever I, I say to people, and to so many people just don't understand gaming, and you say, what's the average age of a gamer? They all go to 16, 17, 18. Yeah. Right. And if you ask about the split between men and women, they're nowhere and nowhere yeah. close. So, uh, but getting back to your, you know, your trajectory, you sell mommy bites. How do you, you, you sit with your partners and you go, hi, we're going to do the same thing for women in gaming. Is that a coffee clutch around the table and you go, you know, we're, we're not power gamers ourselves necessarily, but we know yeah. women are out there. Yeah. Who, who lights so that, who lights that match? In, in, in short, yes. How we got there is pretty easy to, to recap, which is my co-founder, Heather, went from parenting to toys, and she was doing product design with Alcon, the, one, the visionary behind Pokemon. So she found herself at licensing fair, toy fair, you know, just in a lot of video game conversations and, and consuming a lot of research and, and data in, around that industry. And at the same time, while we're all kind of in this exploration of like what next as entrepreneurs, I was doing a lot of this, that same kind of research and consuming of just everything from startups to industries. And my family has been in, involved in the ownership group of Envy Gaming for many years. And so my dad and my brother are part owners. My brother's still on the board. So I had honestly not been paying too much attention to what they were doing because I was helping sell a company. And so once I had a little more free time and esports, you know, in 2016 wasn't the no. common word that I think it is now. Right. So, but I, I certainly had, you know, we had, we had had conversations around Thanksgiving dinner about it. That was like my, you know, my exposure to what they had been doing with Envy up to that point. 
And I started digging in a little bit because I think the thing about the gaming industry and it just, it's like every day I think, well, this is going to, this will this stop or is it just going to keep going up? You read a little bit about it. You see the statistics, that whole thing everybody quotes about the movie industry plus the music industry and double that and gaming is bigger. You know, it's just like the peel. I, I couldn't stop peeling back the layers of just the industry itself. It's so fascinating and it's complicated when you're not, endemic to the industry esports and the publishers and the leagues and the conferences and collegiate and all of it but what heather my co-founder and i who were you know in touch all the time still just as friends and and former co-founders both of us kept seeing the statistic that women in game women are half of gamers or you know women account for about 50 percent of gamers or maybe it's 48 or 46 but it's it's not zero which is what a lot of people think it is or it's not 10 so it, and fifty percent of three billion people gaming every day is pretty no significant, kidding. right? <laughs> that's right. A, that's a that's a number. It's a huge number, and right. you add in all the things that were kind of in, in these conversations at that time. Like with with my advertising background, I'm like, well, if that's the case, why don't the brands care? Like that's just a market. Right. It makes no sense at all. Or maybe it goes back to my math brain. Like there's money being left on the table with the, the people who generally spend the money in families. So um, we, we, you know, we did a, a deep dive into the industry. Obviously our, our other co-founder, Laura was, I mean, we, it was, this was right after we had sold mommy bites. It was just one into the next and Verda, we have our fourth co-founder now Verda and Heather have been, close friends forever. Their sons are grew up together since fourth grade and Verda and is black and Heather, the two of them started an organization at their school to discuss race because their friends were, their sons were best friends in fourth grade. And that was unique. So when you start talking about women in gaming, you know, the conversation immediately is opened up to all marginalized genders and race and just communities. And so the four of us were just kind of discussing it and there was you know there was an aha moment at a, at a conference heather and i attended with 300 ish people of all places at you know like a very kind of serious conference about investment in in gaming and investment in esports and the again the statistic was brought up about women in gaming and we looked around and we're like well, if women are half of gamers, then why are we the only women here? <laughs> so Heather was the one who kind of went home that night and was like, wait, we should start basically a community. Mommy for- bites for gamers, basically. Yeah. So we went, we did do a ton of due diligence in terms of like, is it, it this must be, this must exist already. Because at that point, communities and just community communities for, for like-minded people, that wasn't a new concept. What we did find is that, of course, there were women discussing the lack of lack of everything, sort of re- representation in the media, protagonists in games, access to jobs, all of it. There were a lot of nonprofits, and there were and still are a lot of great nonprofits addressing the issue from a, you know, many different ways, and and, if, and we identified hundreds of women in the industry who were doing whatever they could, right? If that's speaking on panels and and discussing it and trying to create mentorships, but we did not find a community. And so what we, you know, what we, what we created is yes, it started kind of as the mommy bites for gamers, but it was a community that then could act as media. So like community as an influencer community as media. So what, you know, our tagline is that we're a community 
media platform and a social network for women and femme identifying gamers. And importantly, all allies, because anybody is welcome in our community. We certainly won't be able to have any impact whatsoever if men don't support the concept that, you know, yes, women are approximately half of, of gamers. So let's figure out a way to kind of reflect that everywhere. Was was there and is there still a resistance from part of the male community not being open? Because you hear about the trolling all the time. What have you found? Yeah, so I said no quickly, and I'll, I'll expand on that. We, we have not really had pushback in a big public way or from kind of the industry. I think one great thing about our industry is that not just men, it's just kind of everybody is aware and admits and is publicly discussing. Yeah, there's a there are some serious challenges that is an industry we need to address and overcome around women in gaming. And we were concerned that maybe we would get pushed back. We, we, we thought we may get pushed back primarily for not being endemic to the industry. Like we didn't come up as hardcore gamers who were experiencing toxicity and harassment. And so we created this community and we got some advice or some, you know, yeah, some advice just to, to watch out because we probably would get pushback. We really didn't. And I think that's because what can you argue with? I mean, it's the statistics are the statistics and we are working on a way to, to, to try to move the needle. We've always been very upfront about our background because I think our background is not only important to be transparent about, it's valuable. Oh, without a doubt. It's valuable because we know how to create community around women. We know how to take that community. You know, we don't, our motto, a kind of unofficial motto is we create space for our community or, or communities. Uh, we've kind of got networks of communities because it's for all, all women gamers, any game, any community, any sort of anybody who wants to fit into that, that category. But we don't determine what's going to happen. We, we look to the community as it grows. You know, we look for what are they, what's being discussed in Discord? What is, what's brewing? What, are, what interests are the most relevant? What needs are not being met? And then we create, whether it's content or other places for the community to come together, we use the community as, a, as direction. And I could give you examples over and over about yeah, that. Yeah, like give me an example. What like even currently, what, what's the single most engaged topic for women in gaming? So I don't know if I could say there's a single most engaged co- topic because what we kind of are is the go-to place for women in gaming. So all the topics, but a big topic, a very big topic, right. is careers. And so women who game. If you look at women who game and then you look at women who would like to work in the gaming industry or women who do work in the gaming industry, those two categories of people intersect tremendously. So how do I get a job in gaming? That's a topic that comes up constantly. So we we put together a professional career boot camp last year. We just did it again this year. You know, we had 40 plus really experienced or i mean some of them were not as experienced but really relevant we had from all the way from college students to c-suite executives and founders speaking on various careers in the industry and and how to navigate 
into the industry. Well, I guess the, and the growth of the college curriculum has got to be helping. I mean, there's so many more programs on literally undergraduate and graduate degrees in gaming in addition yeah. to coding and the STEM classes, but gaming in and of itself, which, yeah. had, you know, and I don't know, and you would probably know more than I do, of those programs, are the enrollment in those programs predominantly male or are those programs reflective of the 50-50 male-female split in gaming? It's that's actually a, a great question. I don't I, I, I will I'm gonna see if I can get some data on that. I think that is probably hard to answer because the you're absolutely right, college cur- curriculums are expanding at an astronomical rate to include all the sort of gaming specific classes. Even you can look at examples of colleges that have had development design classes forever and now are creating entire game departments. And it's just wonderful. And esports and 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 all the different, I mean, there's so many, there are so many relevant college classes that could lead to to this industry. But because they're they're going up so quickly, I I don't know if it's 50-50. Definitely I yeah, anecdotally I've spoken in a lot of them and they are more they are not 50-50 the you know in my experience. That being said, I think the more maybe relevant or important thing to think about in collegiate collegiate the collegiate space is another example of we didn't plan to specifically, you know, talk about program for or create a community specifically for collegiate aged gamers, but it became super clear very early on that we needed to. And so we did. We spent about our first year of existence networking, researching, running focus groups, think tanks, interviews, and meeting in person college women who game and college coaches and esports coaches and university presidents and talking to anybody that we could about how we could be valuable in that space. If you look at the statistics of the esports collegiate scene in a, you know, on its own, the percentage of women is pretty non-existent. That being said, and that, you know, certainly that is something that we would want to help change but before even being able to change that or along with changing that it's also just creating space at colleges for women gamers going back to what we were talking earlier about like do you are you in college and do you game because if the end and you know and you're a woman if the answer to that is yes there's a good chance like you're not even telling your friends right when there's no question they're not right and so um, there's a, we have a, a really cool statistic around a pilot program that we did with DePaul University last year. They actually have, for compared to, to most, they have a pretty good, pretty positive setup for women in gaming. They have varsity esports teams. They have JV. They have a, a big facility that a lot of the people at DePaul who game kind of use as a student center and they come and they hang out and they game and even the people who are fans and who are not on the esports team but just like to game it's just a great you know it's a great community so they did have women gamers who who had things like women's gaming night on you know wednesdays or whatever but it was still just a little like under attended a little uh, I'm not, you know, uncomfortable or awkward. Yeah, it's interesting. And, I mean, it, it, it is interesting that there is that, I don't know, light yeah, shackles, so so to speak. But is mm-hmm. the community also further 
not subdivided, but subgroups in terms of LGBT and race, or is it women gamers and there there are no other demarcations within that? So for the for the game hers, for us, even though we usually just say gamers, but it's everybody is included. And I would say that in our in our app and in our Discord, we can talk about those specific places in a moment, but the, there are different places and different groups that, you know, may talk, you know, in, in just in, in different, in different areas, but it mostly, no, it's mostly all, it's mostly all together. But I guess I'll say that again, we just provide the space and how the communities want to come together is up to them. But I want to make sure that I, I tell you, cause it's the tell cool me. part about DePaul is when we started working with them, they basically just branded their women in gaming entity, which is like gaming nights and Instagram account and a little bit of merch. They branded it to Paul, the gamers at DePaul. And so we, you know, we, 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 they signed our code of conduct basically and, and used our logo and their participation increased immediately by 30%. Like oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. So, yeah, so, so there must be it. some important psychologically to the affinity to something larger that's well and i think it's also like oh okay so depaul cares they want women to come they are including us you know from the beginning and something that felt a little uncomfortable for whatever reason that you know we will probably be analyzed at some point as we get a little further along in this journey of of women in gaming but at this moment we don't need to know why what we can know is that when when it is clear that women are welcomed and included, they come at, you know. And I am sure that they will use that as a recruiting device. Yeah. For future students and applicants. And that's exactly so. Our journey in the collegiate space has evolved since then. Even we, as I mentioned, we look to our community to kind of tell us what they want and we developed an app. And so we had at, at one point been thinking like, great, that'll be a good place for the college students to come together. Well, that is, I'm not saying we don't have college students in our app. We do, but what seemed to be, what was overwhelmingly kind of requested was that in order to get colleges, both from the college side, so the, the coaches, the universities, the club presidents that, you know, the orgs, because uh, of course at every college it's, different and then also just to get the pe- the people who like to game to get them all together the place that was overwhelmingly recommended to us was discord but not our discord we already have their own discord so we have a gamers app we have a gamers discord and we have a gamers collegiate discord and it is it's awesome it, that's, that's what that's what works so we you know it's that that just launched in february and it's that's it's fantastic been a real success and they're coaches corner conversations about exactly what you just said. Like if we, if we use that kind of branding, will it help recruiting? Because recruiting is the biggest challenge for college coaches. They want women. They have, some of them have scholarship money for women and they can't figure right, out. As they to, should. Is yeah. there, is there much conversation, <clears throat> excuse me, in, in the time that we have left about health and wellness within the community about nutrition and whether it's weightlifting or not weightlifting, what is going on in that conversation? It's one of the many conversations. I think it's everything from, there's so much that I'm trying to think of where to start. So one part of it is the biggest, the most, I think the biggest, the most prominent kind of category of gamers in our community at this moment 
is streamers and really probably aspiring micro streamers, you know, to make up a term. When we, when we put on topics like streaming, how to monetize your stream 101, that's a very popular topic. And I think it's something that, that streamers talk about a lot, health and wellness, both specifically as it relates to gaming and, and just in life. Because, I mean, I think that may be one of the other biggest trends, and this goes along with health and wellness, is that you know we started out this conversation talking about that women sometimes do identify game as gamers and often don't. So gaming is something that a lot of our community absolutely loves, and it's not the only thing that that is a part of their life. Right. And so whether it's health and wellness very specifically connected to gaming or, or just in general, yeah, it's a topic that comes up all the time because I think we're all talking about it all the time. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's interesting because right? you know, a lot of our experience in, in gamers in the health and wellness space is when you start looking at gamers being on the younger age, which isn't necessarily always accurate, they feel invincible. Right. So if, yeah. if they have pain, they'll, OK, I got pain, I'll take an aspirin or I want some energy. They'll go for Red Bull or Monster or something sugar loaded and, and what have you and not really connect the fact that mind body at that age lays the foundation for future health. And, and it's just interesting from a perception, again, a perception standpoint that that has not been introduced early enough to those the yeah. game. I think you're right. I think there's. There could be, and I'm talking, you know, just from, I'm just sort of brainstorming on this as we're talking. This isn't something that, but I think a lot of it, if you think about esports specifically, I think what you just said is really um, probably true. And if you think about just people who game, which would include just casual gamers, gaming enthusiasts, and, and also streamers, I do think that the gener- the younger generation whether we're talking about Gen Z or Gen Alpha. (laughs) I just have been hearing that recently more. I'm like, okay, we're already there. And I do think health and wellness is something that is, has been and is going to be more and more important and discussed more often just because of, you know, the nature of we all want to be healthy and live longer. And well, the fact that now there is an identifiable career, Right. And there's money involved. So you do have to then be the best that you can be. You know, before it it wasn't all that important in terms of necessarily your professional growth. Now you you can see that. You know, the other interesting thing that you brought up, which I always think is interesting to talk to people about, is so much attention is paid to esports. Right. I mean, that's headlines and dollars and everything else. But that's a small slice Right. Of the gaming world. I mean, the bulk of gamers just want to play with their friends. Yeah, yeah but there's still there still can be a career in it, even if you're just playing with your Without friends. Without a doubt. And a streamer, right? No question. No no question. So all this attention that goes to esports is is really missing the the larger bulk of the market of of who's gaming. And I think about that all the time because listen, we are we have really solid relationships with so many of the esports orgs. We want to we want to facilitate esports scholarships in college. Like esports is super important. So I'm not diminishing that at all. And you know, it's there there are so many gamers outside of that. And in health and wellness, I think that's where you're gonna really see a potential just discussion and interest in in health and wellness grow 
maybe even faster. It's yeah. not, it's not, and it's hopefully just, the business isn't quite as like sexy as esports, you know, for whatever reason. Well, but then when, you know, as, as colleges have competitive teams, just like the stick and ball, they have to have health process and protocols. Uh, they, they don't want injuries. And in, in I can ask you a thousand one questions, but I'm going to be respectful to our time. Love what you're doing. Single last question. What's your recommendation going forward for women in gaming? I think that we, we've made so much progress even, and when I say we, I mean the industry and women in gaming at, at, you know, as a whole and, and certainly here at The Gamers. And so I think the future is certainly bright and it's just important that we don't, you know, kind of rest on our laurels. And, and so for companies, like keep talking about it, think about how to hire women, think about how to retain them and know that there are so, so many careers in gaming, so many opportunities and so many women who are just incredible gamers and really excited to, to continue to be a part of it. Well, I'm glad you guys are in the industry providing communities, especially women, safe haven so that they can game. And, and listen, gaming at its core is about engagement. And, and, Absolutely. And, and that's what you guys are doing. Thank you for the time. I appreciate it. I am going to do some research and get you some of those statistics, hopefully today. Awesome. I love it. Thanks. Right. Thanks, Good Rebecca. My Bye. pleasure. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the MAP Esports Podcast Network and produced by Innovation Media Enterprises. Please be sure to leave us a review and follow us on your favorite podcast player.